the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Hello, everyone. Um, Hope uh, you're having a wonderful uh, Saturday. I am uh, going to uh, have a special episode today. This is Al Fadi, of course, and uh, you are listening to Let Us Reason. And as always, I want to thank all of you uh, for following us faithfully. Uh, we are into almost the end of our third season, praise the Lord. So uh, continue your prayers, and we, of course, we cherish uh, your support as well if you feel that the Lord is leading you to do so. You can always reach us uh, via uh, email through my uh, uh, website, uh, which is sierrainternational.com. That's Sierra, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A, international.com, one word. You can email me that way. Also, you can always uh, go and visit us on our social media. Uh, We have a YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Sierra International. And we also have a Facebook presence as well, among many other things that we'll be launching soon. The Facebook presence, you can either go to just the Sierra International uh, page or you can go to my own personal page, alfadi.sira, alfadi.cira. And when you get there, uh, hopefully you will enjoy a lot of interactions. And uh, today I'm going to just walk you through some stuff that we have on our Facebook simply because I want to just give you a glimpse of the things that maybe some of you have been exposed to and uh, you like uh, to know more about why I posted certain things. Maybe some of you are not totally aware of it, and hopefully when you uh, decide to go to uh, send a friend request, uh, we will be glad to, of course, um, uh, accept you and include you, and you'll see some of these posts. Hopefully you'll find them very helpful. So the the intent behind Facebook in general, uh, the way I do it, is uh, every couple of days I like to Uh, put in a challenging question. And these are, believe it or not, they're very, very simple questions. We're not talking complicated stuff. I make an observation, and then based on that observation, I always try to back it up with evidence or support from Islamic sources. It could be a hadith by the Prophet of Islam. It could be a verse from the Quran itself. It could be a story that is found in uh, some of the sources with reference to that, and so on and so forth. And then... Uh, I ask a couple of questions based on that to prompt my Muslim friends to think through. And, of course, that generates a lot of discussions. Uh, So I'm going to give you a glimpse of one of those. For instance, just uh, about uh, two days ago, I posted something, a segment that I call Quick Questions, Test Your Islamic Knowledge. That's the title of that particular segment. And I called it the Islamic hypocrisy. And I know some people might look at that and say, oh, whoa, I mean, why are we starting with this? Well, 
you know, when, when you, uh, you know, uh, read through, you'll see what I mean. And, and keep in mind, my beef is not with the Muslim people. They are victims of the, uh, the Islamic ideology. They are oppressed. They are the prisoners that my Lord came to set free. So we need to distinguish between the teaching and the people. And my point behind these posts is always to bring an awareness to my people about these posts because, believe it or not, many times some of them didn't even know it existed or if they knew, they had a different way of looking at it because they were told how to interpret it. And we want to help them to see it for themselves and think through it and watch and read also other interactions and other comments that are being made. So, Uh, This particular one that I called the um, quick questions, test your Islamic knowledge, Islamic hypocrisy, it really has to do with this idea that oftentimes our Muslim friends will end up just mocking the idea that the scripture in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 uh, reads and uh, the Lord speaking and saying, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And if you have ever gotten into discussion with a Muslim person uh, about this idea, um, you know, whether directly or indirectly, oftentimes uh, there is doubts. How can God create someone in his image? And all of a sudden, you know, it's taken basically literal. And all of a sudden we are being attacked as being uh, hypocrites. And the fact that we worship idols and how can you say that God has a face and how God has a body and so on and so forth, which obviously that's really not what the scripture is teaching or talking about, period. But they miss the point because the point behind that particular passage is so rich and so deep that you can learn so many things and you can preach so many sermons. I mean, primarily, it teaches us that we are like God in terms of uh, horizontal relationship, in terms of representing God and being mediators between mankind and God in priest, uh, priesthood, basically, and also in leadership, representing Him on earth. And the other one, horizontally, in terms of relational, basically. You have the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, uh, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect harmony. And now we represent that perfect harmony here on earth, made in the image of God. But sadly, not a whole lot of my Muslim people know that there is actually multiple Hadith traditions by the Prophet of Islam that said the following, and I'm going to read one of those. Uh, they vary, of course, uh, from hadith to hadith, but the gist of it you'll get right now. Here is one that is found in one of the most prominent, respectful, authentic hadith collections known as Sahih Bukhari. And here's what it says. Narrated Abu Huraira, this is the man who stated that. He says, the Prophet said, Allah created Adam in his picture or in his image, basically. And then... It didn't stop here. I mean, if you would have stopped here, you would say, well, that's, that's exactly like the Bible. But notice what it says after that. Allah created Adam in his picture, 60 cubits, meaning 30 meters, translation, 90 feet high, translation, 10-story building high, okay? He made Adam 30 meters high. When he created him, he said to him, go and greet that group of angels sitting there. And listen what they will say in reply to you. For that will be your greeting and the greeting of your offsprings. So the story is like he went there. They, he said, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. And then they responded back and they said, 
peace and Allah's mercy be upon you, as if this is now what we learned at the time of the creation of Adam to be the greeting, which, by the way, this is an Islamic greeting. We have no record that this particular greeting existed for the whole history of humanity, but nevertheless, that's the gist of this. But did you catch what the Hadith is saying? The Hadith, and by the way, it's Sahih Bukhari in English. You'll find it, Hadith number 6227 in book number 79, Hadith number 1. And you can go to a website called Sunnah, S as in Sam, U as in Umbrella, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, H as in Henry, dot com. And you'll find Sahih Bukhari and many other collections as well in there. So here's the point I'm making. The Hadith is saying God made Adam in his image literally and gave description of the height. Now, what my Muslim people fail uh, to remember is that if you go to the Quran, for instance, and in the Quran, we go to uh, chapter 2, verse 34 of the Quran, the second chapter of the Quran, uh, uh, basically verse number 34, and see what you read in some of the English, uh, English translations. First, I'm going to pick a translation by, um, you know, Pechtel. And here's what it says. And when we, meaning Allah, said unto the angels, prostrate yourselves before Adam, they fell prostrate, all except Iblis, which is Satan, basically. Here's what happened in the story. If you read that narrative in chapter 2, God made Adam, and then he asked the angels to bow down to Adam, and the word that was used in the Arabic comes from the word sajada, which means to prostrate in worship, just like Muslims bow all the way down on the ground when they pray in the mosque or they do the five prayers. You catch that? God is asking angels to bow down in worship to a human being, and did you hear what the verse says? Except Satan refused. Why? Because Satan refused, actually, according to the Quran, to worship a human being. Hmm. Makes you wonder, was Satan really righteous at that point? Because he knew the difference between worshiping a deity, that's God, and worshiping a creator, a creature, that is Adam in this case. But here it gets even worse. Some of the translations actually captured the essence. Rodwell translation, for instance, said this. And when we said to the angels, bow down and worship Adam, it's even worse in here. Sale had the same thing. And when we said unto the angels, worship Adam, notice the word is worship because these guys captured the essence and the meaning of the Arabic word. So what do you get? You get always these you know, commentaries that are spinning all over and around this word, and they will give you this, uh, basically, sadly, a pathetic answer. The commentators who lead my people astray, they will tell you this. They will say, well, the word means worship when it applies to, uh, to Allah, but when it comes to Adam, it was just honor. Show me where do Muslims bow down to anyone in honor? We are commanded, of course, to honor our parents. I've never seen a Muslim. I wasn't also taught that I have to bow down all the way to the ground in honor of my mother or my father. I mean, they are worthy of a lot of honor. So we see that there is a lot of spinning that takes place. So this is just one example of some of what I call the hypocrisy. We are attacked because the scripture tells us that we are made in the image of God in his likeness. And that doesn't mean at all literal, it's metaphorical. All of a sudden you bring this hadith, a basic tradition, and somehow it becomes metaphorical now and it's not literal, even though the Prophet of Islam actually gave dimensions to the height of Adam. The Quran agrees that 
uh, the angels worship. And by the way, some even think that uh, probably the Quran insinuating that the angels looked at Adam and thought they were looking at God, actually, because he was made exactly like him. And so they were not worshiping God. They were, worship, they were not worshiping Adam. They were thinking maybe they're worshiping uh, 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 basically God. And that's that's brilliant way to look at it. Uh, if we want to try to give some justification why the angels even agreed to give glory to somebody else other than God. Now, if you go to my Facebook once again, you find it in uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash Al-Fadi, A-L-F as in Frank, A-D-I dot C-R-I-C-I-R-A. One of the other posts that I have in there uh, has to do basically with things related to, and give me a second here, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling down just to tell you. There's one thing you're going to see that I have recently last week uh, uh, basically met with our dear brother uh, uh, David Wood. And uh, we spent a wonderful time in studio for about a day or so. And we recorded a number of shows together, which will be released soon. But one of the things that he did also with me is he interviewed me for about 20 minutes uh, to share my testimony. And you will find a post in there about that. It's, uh, it's titled, Former Muslim Al-Fadi Explains Why He Left Islam and Followed Christ. Now, you can find it on Facebook. You can also find it on my own YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Sierra International. You can find it on David Wood's uh, YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Acts 17 Apologetics. That's the book of Acts number 17, Acts 17 Apologetics. You'll find it there or you can just Google uh, under YouTube David Wood and hopefully you'll see it. You'll see my image uh, on the uh, still uh, photo, basically. So that's something I encourage you to listen to and hopefully share it with others as well. May God bless you uh, by using these tools to reach out our Muslim people for the glory of our Lord. Now, another thing I wanted to also talk about uh, in uh, the time we have today, and uh, as you can see, if you're just joining us, this is uh, Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and today we're just doing a casual discussion, basically giving you some updates about some of the fabulous work that the Lord has blessed us with because of your prayer and your faithfulness. And I'm going through some posts that I have on Facebook to kind of give you an idea about some of the resources you can also benefit from there. And there you'll find also a post that was posted on June 10th, uh, June 10th by someone else because I allow people to post, provided, you know, it's nothing nasty, nothing uh, that is inappropriate. Uh, I will delete it, of course, and even block the person if they insist on doing things that are disrespectful. Even if you are disrespectful, respecting Muslims uh, who are interacting in there, I will also warn you and block you as well because it's not about attacking, it's about reaching. There is a video on YouTube called The 26 Arabic Qurans Explained and Unpacked. And you'll find this, of course, on Facebook also itself. If you go to, um, uh, if you go, I should say, to YouTube and you just uh, Google under YouTube and uh, I'll, I'll find it for you right now. Under YouTube, uh, you will type 26 Qurans in the search uh, basically field and the very first one should pop would be 26 different Arabic Qurans explained and unpacked. Uh, and uh, it's under the, uh, basically, work of J. Smith. You'll find it also in Acts 17 Apologetics as well. You can type J. Smith. The, uh, just that, that's his name, J. Smith, 26 Qurans. You can come across it in a variety of ways. You'll see a pile of Qurans on a table in front of him and his colleague. And they're talking about the fact that there are 26 different readings. Now, one will say, well... Okay, well, what's, what's the problem? I mean, uh, these are different ways to read the Quran. Well, it is a problem. And I'll tell you why it is a huge problem. 
Because the Quran would say that it is preserved in heaven on a guarded tablet, on a preserved tablet, on a preserved master tablet. Um, that's the way you read it. Meaning in a preserved tablet, singular, okay? So the, supposedly the Quran, that is the word of God, which is equal to God in essence, not created word, existed with the God of Islam in heaven next to him on a preserved tablet for all of eternity. And out of that preserved tablet came down the Quran. If you have 26 different ways to read the Quran, or as the Islamic traditions will say, you have seven different ways to read it, which one was actually in the preserved tablet? And if all of them were there, which one was revealed actually? Because it, it's really complicated when it comes to the history of the collection of the Quran. For instance, um, I encourage you to go to Answering Islam, answering-islam.org. That's the website that I contribute to and many others, fabulous uh, writers and apologists and theologians. It is called answering-islam.org. And search for an author by the name of Samuel Green. Once you get there, look for the topic. Uh, it's called the different Arabic versions of the Quran. That's the article that he wrote. In there, he gives you a detailed list of the variety of these seven different readings. And uh, in fact, he goes up to ten, actually, because there is another tradition that there are three more. And there is another tradition there is four on top of that, meaning 14. And he'll tell you the name of the reader and the names of the two transmitters for every reader. There were two transmitters, so multiply that. If you have 10 readers, two transmitters, you have 20 different ways to read the Quran already. And he will tell you where every reading is commonly found, whether in North Africa, in the Middle East, in certain countries. In other words, there are variations in words. Now, why is that crucial? Because Islam uh, Muslims are insisting that the Quran is preserved for all of eternity that God preserved the Quran from any changes, that what you have in your hand today is exactly what was revealed by the Prophet. That's strange. Which way did he reveal it? Now, let me give you an, an, just a, a simple example, which I posted on my Facebook also. One of the posts that I posted in there has to do with, since it's Ramadan right now, and people are fasting, in chapter 2 of the Quran, in one of the readings under Warsh, it's verse 183 under Hafs, it's actually verse 184. Even the verse numbers are different. In the one, when you go there, there's a table that has Arabic words from the Quran and English transliteration and English translations of it. The one on the right side, that's known as the Warsh reading. For verse uh, chapter 2, verse 183, it says, A redemption by feeding poor men, plural. And on the left, it says, A redemption by feeding a poor man, singular. Now, you're going to ask and say, what, what is this all about? Thank you for asking. Once again, if you're joining us, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. And we are just giving a quick overview of where we're at uh, in terms of our uh, new, uh, basically, approaches that we're uh, using and utilizing to reach our Muslim people and equip others like yourself through our Facebook page, which you can find it at facebook.com forward slash alfadi.sira or my uh, ministry web uh, also page which is called uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash sira international now the one i'm going through right now is certain posts that i have on my own personal one which is alfadi.sira and 
Muslims in Ramadan, if they could not fast for whatever reason, maybe they have a surgery, they have uh, sickness and illness, maybe the, uh, you're pregnant and uh, you really uh, it's not healthy for you to fast for the baby's health, you, according to the teaching of the Quran, can feed someone in your place. In other words, you can feed a poor person, and therefore you would earn righteousness on account of feeding that person. Okay, now that's a whole different topic, by the way. We'll talk about it in the future. But one of the readings says you will feed multiple people, and the other says you'll feed one person. Why? Because of the variation in dotting and diacritical markings and vowel points. Because the Quran for 150 years lacked all of this, so later it was added to help people to read an easier way instead of just memorizing the reading, which caused a lot of problems because everyone memorized it in their own dialect. So feeding one person is different than feeding multiple persons. And if it is plural in Arabic, that means it's minimum three at least because in Arabic it allows for the dual. In other words, two in Arabic is not plural. It's dual actually. So it has to be three at least people, if not even more. And remember, coupled with the fact that Islam is a religion of works, so the more you do, the more you earn. And the more you earn, the better your chances are on judgment day to enter into paradise because you can accumulate more good deeds. So which one is it? Was it revealed from heaven to feed, to feed one poor man or multiple poor men? Do you see the problem that we're having? Do you see why it's extremely difficult to convince me that this is exactly uh, the same Quran that re- was revealed? How can it be revealed in multiple ways that are damaging like this? And in fact, I want to also go and talk about the collection of the Quran itself. In fact... When the Quran was collected for the first time as a book, it didn't happen until after the death of the Prophet. Because before then, not every person collected or wrote down the Quran. And only a handful of people, according to the Islamic traditions, even collected a complete Quran. But when they collected it, I'll give you two names. One is called Ibn Mas'ud. That's one of the scribes of Muhammad, Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud. And the other guy, his name is Ubay Ibn Kab. These are the two basically prominent scribes at the time of Muhammad. When they compared notes, Ibn Mas'ud had 112, and some traditions will say 111 chapters. Ubayi had 116 chapters. Notice the two received the same thing from the Prophet. One ended up with 116 chapter, and one ended up with 111 chapter. Why? Because he didn't include three chapters believing that those chapters actually do not belong on top of the other two additional chapters that Ubay had. Now, what is the number of chapters we have today in the Quran? 114. Did you catch this? Today's Quran, 114. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud has 111. Ubay has 116. So we're having either something missing or something added. And pick and choose. And you're telling me this is preserved for all of eternity. So that's why those kind of things are very damaging. Of course, you can go to a wonderful, uh, basically, book that is available on answering-islam.org called Jam al-Quran, meaning the collection of the Quran. It's by John Gilchrist. John Gilchrist. And he gives you a compelling, basically, um, uh, a collection, comprehensive collection, I should say, of how the Quran was basically put together. And you'll see basically chapter by chapter, each one of them has wonderful information in it. And you can utilize this, hopefully, for your outreach to reach our Muslim friends. Well, as you can see, we have a lot going on. And uh, we covet your prayers for this ministry. And uh, we ask that you go and befriend us on Facebook. 
And at the same time, subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this information within your network. If you know members at your church or at uh, other ministries that can benefit from it, from this, share it with them. And also you can reach me directly. I am here to always serve you and conduct training seminars and other things as well for them through my website, sirainternational.com. My direct email, of course, is, uh, uh, you know, once you click there, it will connect you with me directly through contact, and I'll be more than happy to interact with you. I want to thank you again for your faithfulness to support us and for your faithfulness to uh, stick with us and for your prayers. And uh, we pray that this ministry will continue to serve uh, the Lord and serve you and your needs in your ministry to our Muslim friends. And we pray for our Muslim friends also who are listening to this or will listen to things like this, that their eyes will open, that uh, the God of this age who blinded their minds will be removed and that uh, they will be set free by the Son who indeed will set you free. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.